Today's uh, reading, is, reading has two parts. Uh, the first part is from Proverbs chapter 8, first eight verse, verses. Uh, wisdom's appeal. Uh, doesn't wisdom call out? Doesn't understanding make her voice heard? At the heights overlooking the road, at the, ro- at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the main entrance, she cries out. People, I call out to you. My cry is to the children of Adam. Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. Listen, for I speak of noble things, and, and what my lips say is right. For my mouth tells truth, and wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words from my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. And second part of the reading is from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32, beginning from verses 32 to chapter 9, verse 12. And now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy watching at my uh, doors every day, waiting by the post of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But the one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Wisdom has built a house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her female servants. She calls out from the heights, highest point of the city. Whoever is inexperienced, enter here. To the one who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat my bread and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave inexperience behind and you will live. Pursue the way of understanding. The one who corrects a mocker will bring abuse on himself. The one who rebukes a wicked will get hurt. Don't rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke the wise, he will love you. Instruct the wise and he will be wise still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for your own benefit. If you, are, if you mock, you alone will, be, will bear the consequences. No fanfare today, just me walking up to the pulpit. (laughs) Uh, Great to be with you this morning uh, as we continue our series, or really we're continuing to start our series in Proverbs. Uh, If you are new here this morning, great to have you. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and uh, and, yeah, do keep your Bibles open. I love to be held accountable to the Scriptures, and I love to create space for people to explore. So maybe um, towards the end of the service, we might have a space for Q&A and and reflection to kind of feedback, kind kind of things that God might be saying to us this morning. 
Now, last week I introduced us to Proverbs and to wisdom. I wanted us to, to wonder at wisdom, to be in awe of it, to, to long for it. I wanted us to kind of have that ability to, to understand how the world works and how to navigate through the complexities of it that we might live well in God's world. That's what wisdom is, to live well in God's world. Now, as we've just heard about our mums, we are very appreciative of wisdom. It forms us, it guides us. Who doesn't want it? But seeking the good life isn't always easy, as we might know. You know, the very first proverb, so the first nine chapters are introduction, uh, as it were. The very first proverb in chapter 10 says this, right? Uh, A foolish son brings heartache to his mother. Bit of a downer. Uh, but, w- but we know what it's like to, uh, perhaps, perhaps mums particularly, you might know what it's like to, to offer wisdom to your son and have them reject it. Why would we choose to not receive wisdom? Why would we, by our own doing, lead ourselves to ruin? Well, if last week was, what is wisdom? This week is, how do I get wisdom? Now, hold on, preacher. Hold on, preacher. I'll just Google that. Uh, uh, how do I get wisdom? I seek experience, I seek diversity, I self-manage, I meditate. Got it covered. All good. You can tune out, right? Wrong. You ain't got this. Jesus will say, oh, sorry, James, Jesus' brother, will say in the New Testament, there are two types of wisdom. There is wisdom from heaven and there is wisdom of the earth. Wisdom of heaven does not come naturally to us. You cannot Google it. The wisdom from heaven is this, James says, it's first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. He says, peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. I don't find that wisdom bubbling out of me in the morning, not even after a coffee. We need God and we need His wisdom. And so we ask the question, how do we get it? How do we get this wisdom? How do we live in the ways of God and live well in His world? Well, the answer is really, really simple. You ask for it. That's it. I could sit down, (laughs) but I'm not going to. I've got four points. (laughs) Um, How do I get wisdom? Uh, Because it's not good enough just to say you ask for it. I want that to be filled with meaning. I want us to have joy and confidence in that. So the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We see that throughout Proverbs. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The life of wisdom is in listening to wisdom. The power of wisdom is found in Christ and the simplicity of wisdom is to ask Him for it. That's where we're going this morning. All right, very good, very good. Uh, First of all, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why... Is it the beginning of wisdom? Why would fearing God be the beginning of wisdom? Well, I think it's because you seek what you worship. And that's true for all of life. Do you love success? Do you love success? Do you grind away at the altar of work? Do you idolize progress and achievement? Then that's your God. That's what you're worshipping and all of the wisdom that you will be pursuing and living out will be in that direction. Or do you love to be noticed? Well, wisdom for you will be all about 
how you can be best seen? Or, or do you live for the weekend? That then, then the wisdom for your work week will kind of be irrelevant because you'll be pursuing wisdom on how to best live your weekend, right? Well, the beginning of real wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you worship God, you will pursue His wisdom. Now, I've used the word worship instead of fear. Why does, why does Solomon use fear? Well, fear both describes a sense of awe, uh, but it also describes our fears, our terrors, what, what, we, what we might be exposed for, what we might lose. When the prophet Isaiah meets with God uh, in, in the temple for his commissioning, uh, he, it, we're, we're sort of brought into the very throne room of God, and, and there is God who fills the temple, that the train of his robe flows out, there is smoke all around, there's angels crying out, holy, holy. And Isaiah, for all his kind of you know, righteousness, he's a prophet, right? He trembles in fear at the very sight of the Lord because he knows how small he is and how big God is. There is a part of fearing the Lord that is just flat out terrifying when we realize just how small we are and how big God is. Here is the God who made the world, made us, who are we? And yet, Isaiah says, after he's cleansed in that temple, he says, send me. This holy God brings us closer to himself, not sends us out in terror, but brings us close to himself. And Isaiah says, send me. Effectively saying, your will, not mine. And as we learned from last week, wisdom is not about knowing in here. It's not about kind of what you're just seeing out there. No, no, it's what you do. And, and as God brings us in, as we are in awe of Him, as we worship Him, as we make Him big in our life, it's not just kind of like, I know that, that's cool. No, 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 we are sent out, we do. And so in everything we do, I'm going to ask the question, is, are you worshipping God at every decision point, at, at every point of action? Is God looming large in your life? Or, or are you fearing and pursuing other things? The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of every godly action is fear of the Lord, is worshipping Him. That's our posture. But, but we're filled with the content of listening to Him. And so the life of wisdom is listening to wisdom now, our particular passage that we're looking at uh, in Proverbs chapter 8, uh, going into verse 9, has wisdom speaking to us as a woman. Happy Mother's Day. Didn't plan that. Um, it's, it's actually, it's a hugely profound moment in Proverbs, because for the last uh, seven chapters, uh, Solomon has been laboring that we would sit at his feet, that, that we would learn, like, you know, he's speaking to his son, which is kind of like a, a, almost a metaphor for the, for the new kings of Israel. Uh, for, for the leaders of Israel to learn all that he has learned. And he's talking about, you know, you know what wisdom looks like, pay attention to my words. But, but something else happens now. We, we see this kind of moment of, of wisdom taking on the, the voice of, of a woman. And, it's, and at one level, it's just simple personification. 
You know, it, when, we, when we personify something, we're, we're, we're taking an object, an idea, an animal, whatever, and, and we're giving it human qualities. And as soon as we do that as a literary device, it changes kind of the way we relate to that idea, that object. It, it sort of personalizes it, it intensifies it. So, for instance, uh, and just the first idea that came to mind, uh, the captain of a ship will call their ship uh, kind of usually she. Uh, like kind of a steady as she goes. I don't know why I'm a pirate at that point, but like... <laughs> You know, there's a, and, 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 you know, there's a kind of a hardened kind of, you know, captain, perhaps, if I'm going to continue my pirate theme, and there's kind of just this lump of wood pirate ship, but, but when the pirate, we're going to go with pirate now, calls, calls the boat a ship, a uh, she, there's a relationship, there's a caring of, of that ship, there's, they're bound up together, and so too with us and wisdom. It's not, it's not just this kind of, this cold object, this body of learning, no, no, we are drawn into wisdom, to interact with wisdom, to cherish and love wisdom. And so I think it's a marvellous thing now that we are being called to. And, and look at how it starts, chapter 8. Doesn't wisdom call out, this is our introduction to Lady Wisdom, doesn't understanding make her voice heard? At the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand behind, beside the gates leading into the city. At the main entrance, she cries out, People, I call out to you, my cry is to the children of Adam. Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. Listen, for I speak of noble things. Now, when we read that chapter, what's happening in you? What are you being drawn into? What are you noticing about wisdom? For me, as I kind of reflected on those things, I, I think of kind of almost this pleading, this, this almost desperate longing of, of this woman so filled with knowledge, kind of watching the people come in through those city gates, fearing and worshipping all kinds of things. And there she is pleading, listen to me, don't go down that path, listen to wisdom. Why does she have to plead so much? I, um, I can't help but think of sort of like the many times, if we're going to go with the Mother's Day theme, my mum would say to me all kinds of things, all kinds of wisdom that I occasionally listen to. Like the time when she said to me, Mike, be careful with my car. That didn't go well. <laughs> I nearly wrote it off twice. Um, wh why, would we, why would Lady Wisdom need to plead to us? A and why wouldn't we listen? Well, at one level, as we think about sort of our mothers, and, and even, even look at how kind of, uh, say, say in verse 32, uh, uh, 32, and now sons, listen to me. There is a particular relationship here of respect, of honour, so close as like a mother and her child. Listen to me. You know, we listen to our mums because we do have a relationship with them. We, we ideally cherish her. And, and so our mums get a special hearing of all the voices in our life. But it's more than that. It's, it's the content. So if we're postured well towards our mother to listen to her, uh, give her a good hearing, well, we also want to be able to see in Lady Wisdom someone worthy of respect, someone we actually uh, admire and want to cherish. And when we look at Lady Wisdom and the kind of things that she speaks of, 
her credentials, the basis of her appeal, it is outstanding. Verse 15, it is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. Wow. Or or, or verse 18, with me are riches and honour, lasting wealth and righteousness. This, This lady wisdom, she has with her the most extraordinary things. We were told last week to to want these things more than silver or gold. In her, we find something entirely inspirational. Do we not long for these things? Uh, In verse 34, she said, anyone who listens to me is happy. Are you feeling downcast? We look to Lady Wisdom, she will help us kind of on the way through. She will guide us through the complexities of decisions. She's longing for us to be, uh, to be the kind of people watching at our doors, waiting by the posts of her doorway, that we might inquire of her, that we might ask of her. Because every mother will know in the room, it's not just enough to, to plead your case. Your child's going to have to want to hear you. And I think this is really profound when it comes to listening to wisdom. We've got to want it. And so as we look to Lady Wisdom, I want us to be inspired. I want us to kind of live this kind of life that's on offer. And that's kind of where she goes in chapter 9. Verse 1, wisdom has built her house. And by that, it will be able to see wisdom on display. And actually, you're building your house too. Proverbs will later say that, uh, that a house is built by wisdom and everyone's building a house, a, a metaphor of kind of a life lived in wisdom. You're all practicing out some kind of wisdom. No one is a fool completely by design and choice, although some things we do are foolish. Everyone is building a house. Every, every action we do, everything we listen to that guides every action we do is part of building a house. It puts on display wisdom and Lady Wisdom's house is on display and she's inviting us in. And I want us to look at this life of wisdom and say, I want that. I, I, I want to inhabit that. I want to find wealth and that's not a bad thing to want. I, I, I want to find uh, the good life, not a bad thing to want. But where are you going to get it? Lady Wisdom is inviting us in. And as you compare your house with her house, we're being set up to actually long for this so much more. But of course, when I think about this idea of wisdom has built her house, maybe you thought of it too, I can't help but go straight to the words of Jesus, who I think is actually speaking from this very passage. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, interesting now he takes on the voice of Lady Wisdom, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Yes, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man. So we see these ideas of Proverbs so richly in this, who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and, it was, and, and great was the fall of it. 
Uh, friends, uh, the person who builds their house on the sand in the moment is thinking, I'm, I've got waterfront views. I'm doing a great thing. It's beautiful. But, but has lost the perspective. He's not listening to the wisdom of the builder who's saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> the rain's going to come. Friends, we are being called to listen to wisdom. And every time we hear wisdom in this book, every time we hear it on the lips of Jesus, we're being invited to compare with the wisdom that we're practicing. And who are we listening to? What's guiding our actions? Are we listening to Lady Wisdom? Are we listening to Jesus? Because this is His voice, ultimately. Uh, Lady Wisdom is described as the one we saw last week, who, who was there at the very beginning of creation. This personification is actually perfected in the Lord Jesus Christ. For He was the one who founded the world. Everything was made by Him and for Him. And He now takes on the voice of wisdom, those who listen to my voice, my words. And again, it's not just enough to listen. We need to be doing. How foolish is the person who listens? Uh-huh, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool but then doesn't do it. Do you want wisdom? Worship God. Love Him above all. Cherish. We're told to cherish wisdom. Cherish God. Desire the life that He is holding out through Lady Wisdom here and ultimately through Jesus. And then then listen to Him. Listen to what He has for your life. He's calling upon you. His call to obedience. His call of wisdom on your life. And do it. power of wisdom is found in Jesus Christ because Jesus perfects all that this passage is talking about, perfects that that illustration, the personification of wisdom because He is the power and wisdom of God. We're not listening to an audio book about wisdom. We're not kind of learning it from kind of a, a school of or a body of knowledge. You're not even learning it from me because I might have practiced a few good things every now and again. If you looked hard enough, it's not that good. No, no. Wisdom is not an alien thing for us who believe in Jesus. It's not out there. It's not distant. And we're not even, we do not need to be crushed by kind of just how good this is compared to maybe how we think we're going. No, 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 no. The power of wisdom is in Jesus Christ who invites us in. As we worship Him, He doesn't send us out in terror. He draws us in so that He might give us all that is His, His life, His righteousness, His wisdom. Because Jesus Christ is the one who knocks at our door and He invites He's, he's longing for us to be invited, for inviting Him in, as Revelation puts it. He knocks at our door. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to live for us. He wants to speak to us. Wisdom is personal. And God is investing Himself in us that we might grow in His wisdom. And all of this culminates into the simplicity of how do I get wisdom? You ask for it. You just ask for it. That's it. 
uh, James referring back to sort of like the, the New Testament Proverbs book, uh, James being Jesus' brother most likely, uh, says in chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. What an extraordinary promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. How could it be this simple? What does that even mean? Is it kind of like, you can do anything, you've just got to believe? Is that the kind of same thing that's happening here? No, not at all. I think as we, as we sort of bring all this together into the very promise that James gives us here, I think one of the keys to unlocking all of this is humility. And that when you come before this great God, who has demonstrated His wisdom in Lady Wisdom and then ultimately in Jesus Christ, if you have the humility to come before this God and say, God, (laughs) I, I need your wisdom, then we have a God who gives good things, who wants to give us good things, and He will give it to you according to His promise. Because He wants you to know Him more. He wants you to to draw closer to Him in Jesus Christ. And humility is not just kind of like a sort of a way to get this. It's a way of living. It's the way of God. As I drew us to last week, Jesus is the one who says, take my yoke. If you are weary, come to me and I will give you rest. Why is Jesus saying that? Well, not only does He recognize that we're tired, but He's actually demonstrating the very character of God because we have a God who has made Himself known in the one who did not uh, consider equality of God something to be grasped, but gave Himself up to be nothing, to be made in human likeness, to be obedient to death on a cross. And then He was exalted. This is a God whose wisdom is so profound and yet at times feels so foolish. Humility was considered the way of the fool in the Roman Empire because they worshipped power and glory. How do you access that through being humble, through serving the lowly? How ridiculous! And yet, it was the way of God, demonstrated in Jesus and vindicated in the resurrection. I think some of our, you know, we, we need to sort of have people in our lives who, who put this on display, uh, who kind of, who embody this. And sometimes, you know, again, to keep with the Mother's Day theme, sometimes our mums uh, do a wonderful job of this in their gentleness, actually demonstrating a humility and an accessibility so that when life gets tough, you can go to your mum and have a chat. Again, ideally, I know not everyone has that experience. But all that points towards the God who came to us gentle and lowly, to be accessible, to open up wisdom to us, so that as we ask Him for it, He will give us it, because we know we need it. But, but a second aspect to, to asking for it is asking for forgiveness. And what I mean by that is, at many times we're going to read Proverbs over the next few weeks, and we're going to find that it cuts right across our heart, we're going to find that we've been living an earthly wisdom and not a heavenly wisdom. We're going to find we haven't been listening to God but to ourselves. And at that point, 
Asking for wisdom is going to mean asking for forgiveness. It's going to mean repenting. And, and I love that, that the promise that James holds out, that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it, who gives generously to all without finding fault, means that God will give it to you as He forgives you because He's committed to us in Jesus Christ. And so every time we find ourselves going down the path of the fool, we might feel like we're diverging and saying, we're so far from God. He's not going to give it to me anymore. No, no, He gives it to you without finding fault because Jesus covers that gap. He forgives you. He binds you into the life of God that you might have all that is God's. And so, for instance, if you find yourself being this foolish son that's brought heartache to your mother, as chapter 10 says, it's time to own that, to repent of it and to start living the life of the wise and not the fool. I remember coming across a Proverbs, a proverb uh, a, a year or so ago, you know, just wrestling with kind of the, the drama of, of being a dad and kind of not having it all together all the time. In fact, not even, not even that close. But uh, it, was, it was chapter 19, verse 11. And uh, it became sort of something that, you know, continues to shape me. Uh, and was, but it was initially the cause for me to ask God for forgiveness. Uh, chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom, I'm reading from the NIV here actually, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. I was particularly reading this in a book on anger and particularly thinking about what it meant to be a dad in, in, kind of in, in response to just some of the drama of kind of kid life, right? And it's so easy to be angry and so hard to be patient. And as I, as I looked at this verse, and this is actually the proverb for tomorrow, if you want to dig into it more and sign up, there's a little advert there. Uh, a, a person's wisdom yields patience. I wanted my children to see a dad who was wise and to see that wisdom demonstrated in patience and to not be so reactive, but, but, to, but to show them a glorious way. Uh, not, not in reaction, but in patience and, and guiding them into something better. I want to put on display for my kids, you know, a, a picture of Lady Wisdom, a, a picture of Jesus Christ. Now, I will fail constantly at that, but as much as I want that for my kids, I want for myself that picture of Jesus, that life of Jesus. I want to live like Him, and as Proverbs is going to flesh out all the ways or, or many of the ways of wisdom, they are all going to point to Jesus, the life He lived and the death He died for us. As we long for wisdom to navigate through the complexities of life. Now let me just take a couple of moments here just to do a couple of quick sidebars. The first one is that Jesus forms us into community. He's not just kind of doing a one-to-one kind of thing, like I'm in a vacuum. No, no, He's actually, I mean, look at us now. We, we are a gathered community, a gathered around the Word, that we might be more like Jesus and, and, and ultimately enter that day when a multitude will gather around the throne of the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and we are the body of Christ together, not, not individually. I say these things because Proverbs is kind of meant to be read like this in community. While Solomon does say uh, at the beginning, our son, listen to me, as I mentioned, Proverbs is acting as kind of like a catechism for kings. He's actually, this is a body of literature being handed down from king to king that they might learn the ways of wisdom. And friends, that's what I would like of us, 
Uh, we are co-heirs with Christ. We are more than the kings of Israel. We are co-heirs with Christ and we are learning the ways of wisdom together. And God is actually using us to quote Proverbs to, to iron sharpen to iron. And as, as we look through these Proverbs, some of these are going to sing out to us. Some of them are going to cut us to the heart. But, but I want to journey together. And, and you know, what I have in mind is kind of in a few weeks' time, we've got a few more Proverbs under our belt. We're actually able to sort of trade Proverbs. We're even able to trade the stories of how particular Proverbs have shaped our life. Why? Because I think God will use that to make us more like Jesus, to guide us uh, on this path of wisdom, that we might be better worshippers of God, better listeners to His Word, and that we might know the power of Christ. But secondly, um, oh, actually, oh, and on that, I kind of see Hope Explored as kind of a, a way of doing this even beyond the church. Uh, that is that we are inviting people into our community to learn the ways of wisdom with us, to, to learn the way of the Master, to learn more about Jesus. And so I want our sort of, our walls to be porous. I, I want to bring people in as they explore with us what it means to live for Jesus. Uh, the second sidebar is, is, is just to note as we kind of are continuing to sort of like uh, introduce Proverbs as it way as I sort of finish up this two-part introduction because next week we start looking at the topics of Proverbs is that we're going to come across a bunch of Proverbs that seem to overpromise. So for instance, we'll read in chapter 12, no disaster overcomes the righteous. When we read stuff like that, you know, we will think, am I not righteous? Am I not worshipping God? Am I not listening to His Word? Am I not longing for it enough? <laughs> no. Uh, Proverbs has a simple message to say that wisdom works, and it does, by and large. Proverbs will know the kind of uh, the, the misery and the brokenness of this world. So we read from, say, Proverbs 14, your bitterness is your own, no one can share them with you. So it, it knows that kind of, that this world is complex. And yet we're being asked to explore the wisdom in which this world was made, the intent, and even that redeemed in Jesus Christ. So that it does, this is not just kind of like a treading water exercise, this kind of life in the world. No, 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 it was made in wisdom and we're being asked to explore that, that we might get the best out of life living for God in His world. But we're going to have to do real business with God in moments where calamity overtakes us. And in every one of those moments, I find it helpful to, to ask the question, God, is there, is there sin in my life that you want to show me? Not because I think my sin has directly resulted in that calamity, but in that moment of humility and kind of in that life of, you know, depending on the forgiveness of Jesus, I want to say, look, this world is broken, I'm broken, I just want to take a moment here to say, God, do you want to show me some sin in my life? And then, God, would you, would you help me through this mess, this calamity? I don't understand it. Sometimes I'm going to say, God, I don't understand where you are or what you're doing right now. But in those moments, would Proverbs guide us deeper into God, uh, in an openness, in a humility? And of course, the cross gives us great power to do that, right? Because God came into this mess and Jesus is the wisdom of God and yet calamity overtook Him. He brought it upon Himself for us. And so as we look to Him, as we worship Him, we find that God is indeed with us, guiding us, giving us His wisdom. And so, 
God loves to give us wisdom. He loves to give us wisdom. He's a good God who gives us good gifts. He loves to give us wisdom. Will you cherish it? Will you you want it? Will you worship Him? Will you listen to Him? And would you ask Him? Let us be that community. Let me pray. Our Father, You have put on display for us the marvellous ways of wisdom, not only in Lady Wisdom as we read from Proverbs, but ultimately in Jesus Christ, who showed us what it means to live in Your world gloriously. Our Father, as we look to Him, we know we have fallen short. And so in humility, we say, please forgive us. And we also say, please fill us with Your wisdom. We want it. Father, may this world look upon Your church and not see the mess that is so paraded around in the media. And Father, we have lots to own up to, lots to confess to. But Father, we long to be a people that would honour You, that would be seen as wise, that would put on the character of You, Father. Help us in this because we can't do it on our own. In the name of Jesus. Amen.